0: Jose, I say Jose, it's time to wake up. Oh, buenos dias, senorita. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Michael, mi amigo, pay attention, it's show time. So it is. Pierre, you rascal, you, let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready, as you say, to put on the show. Oh, pardon, madame. That whistle was for my good friend, Fritz. Ach, to lieber. I almost fell out of my upper perch. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. (laughs) (laughs) Ole, ole. It's go time. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. To paraphrase what Sam the American Eagle would say, it's a salute to all things Walt Disney, but mostly Walt Disney World. A former cast member, a longtime lover of the parks, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective about the Walt Disney World Resort. Now please remain quietly seated throughout our tour, and we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. Our podcasters are frightfully sensitive to bright lights. So put on your virtual mouse ears, sit back, and relax, and enjoy the podcast. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. Hey everyone, it's Dave. How is everybody doing? Well, it's time for another edition of Dave's Disney News. Uh, This edition is for December 12, 2010. I hope you enjoyed my uh, recent edition on the... uh, Holiday uh, things that are happening around the Walt Disney World Resort and I hope everyone is having a happy holiday. So starting off with uh, talking about uh, the Winnie the Pooh ride in in Fantasyland. Uh, As part of the expansion the queue for the Winnie the Pooh attraction received a makeover. The tree from Pooh's playful spot which used to be across the way from the uh, attraction uh, sitting on part of the site that was the uh, queue for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, the Pooh's Playful Spot was closed and moved, and the tree from Pooh's Playful Spot was uh, moved, direct, uh, moved to sit directly in front of the attraction. So children can go and still play with the uh, with the attraction uh, exhibit there. Uh, they can go in and they can play in Pooh's Playful Spot tree. Um, an additional permanent queue has been constructed in the front of the attraction. Uh, but instead of just adding normal turning cues, the hundred acre wood theme was applied to create a unique atmosphere for the entire entirety of the uh, area. A brick and rock wall that looks like it's always been there was added to delineate the boundary for a for a new queue. Other sections of the queue are marked by earthen berm topped with ragged birchwood fences, uh, and tall grass and birch trees have been planted in the flower beds. But the cooler part of it has got to be the interactive parts of the queue. Uh, this is something that Disney has been getting more into recently, is more interactivity while you're waiting for an attraction. So in this case, uh, what they've done is they put several things up that, uh, that are truly interactive. There's like a book that says on it, please knock. And if you knock on the book, you'll hear a variety of voices answering that call. Uh, then there's also some uh, animal tracks uh, along the way. And if children step on the animal tracks, gophers pop up from various holes uh, and greet them. And then finally, the coolest part of it is this flowing honey wall, basically, and it's a uh, it's a computer generated wall of honey that they're showing, where it looks like the honey is flowing down the wall, but they made it totally interactive, so you can stick your finger into the honey and make it move and disrupt the flow, so you could actually write your name in the flow. It's a very cool idea, and I think they've really come up with something very clever there, in the truly interactive space. And uh, I just this is one of the things that I absolutely love about Disney is their ability to kind of innovate and come up with some creative uses for technology to make something more interesting than it otherwise would have been. I mean, in some ways it's throwaway because it's in a queue, but really it's much more interesting to stand in that queue and play around than it would be to necessarily go on the uh, take the fast pass and, uh, and miss it completely. Next up, uh, work will soon begin on a completely reimagined pleasure island and other one-of-a-kind experiences at Walt Disney World Resort continues to bring new stories to life at Downtown Disney. The projects are expected to create an estimated 1,200 new jobs over the next three years. The uh, Vice President of Downtown Disney, Keith Bradford, said, "...we have made great progress since first announcing our vision to bring new shopping Dining and entertainment experiences to downtown Disney, most of which can't be found anywhere else and have already uh, become guest favorites. We look forward to providing uh, even more ways for our guests to enjoy downtown Disney while at the same time creating new jobs for Central Floridians. A, A nostalgic yet modern take on the 20th century port city and an amusement pier will evolve Pleasure Island into a Hyperion wharf. Uh, By day, the bustling port district will draw guests with its stylish boutiques and innovative restaurants, and by night, thousands of lights will transform the area into into an electric wonderland. Taking its name from Hyperion, the Greek god of light, as well as the street on which Walt Disney built its first major animation studio, the Wharf district will also feature a relaxing lakeside park and enhanced pedestrian walkways, and its diverse eateries will expand dining availability at downtown Disney by more than 25%. Hyperion Wharf will offer guests of all ages a vibrant atmosphere and new experiences that can be enjoyed by day or night, said Bradford. Whether looking for a great place to dine with the whole family or a place to relax and enjoy live, live music, Hyperion Wharf will provide the perfect setting for guests to make new memories with us. Along the new, uh, along with the new Wharf district, district, other projects are underway at Downtown Disney, including an extensive renovation of the Lego Imagination Center, which will increase its overall footprint by nearly 3,500 square feet, and add a new Lego exterior models featuring scenes from classic Disney movies. If you've ever been down there, you know that none of the Legos that are there, uh, the Lego displays they have, have any relation specifically to Disney. They're very generic. It's a uh, it's a sea monster, and it's a, a robot, and it's a person, and things like that, but they don't have anything that's strictly Disney-related. So this is an interesting twist that they're going to finally add this. Uh, I think the um, the relationship was not well understood when they first opened the Uh, the Lego Imagination Center, but I think now that relationship has really grown into something where they can have this partnership and build some things uh, that are Disney related. They're also going to have enhancements at AMC theaters that will take the movie maybe make the movie going experience uh, at Downtown Disney to the next level with new digital technology, a concession stand of the future in Florida's first fork and screen theater, and numerous or uh, renovated retail shops and merchandise vignettes as well as an additional atmosphere entertainment throughout downtown disney construction construction on the district begins now and it's scheduled to be completed by 2013 so they're going to be doing some work over the next three or so years to make sure that it gets completed what i find interesting is you know downtown disney was originally the disney village marketplace and it had some interesting characteristics that made it unique and different then Disney figured out they could draw more people there by kind of renaming it and retheming it a little bit. Then they added Pleasure Island. Then they kind of rethemed the whole area again and added some more shops. And now I think they're at the point where they're ready to rethink the entire and reimagine the entire area. So I find this kind of interesting, and I'll be curious to see what it looks like uh, as it continues to develop. Of course, as we head into the uh, December month here, two new movies are due out uh Tangled, which is a return to the animation and takes on the story, uh, loosely anyway, of Rapunzel. Kind of look forward to seeing that one. That one looks like a lot of fun. And then the Tron Legacy, which picks up the 1980 story and carries it on. And uh, that was one of the more fun movies I can remember coming out. It took you know, many, many hours to create the digital experience that you saw in the original Tron movie from uh, from 1980, and uh, it took a, a, a maximum supercomputer to be able to create... Some of the vistas and things that you saw, but yet by today's standards, those graphics are so simple. And they were able to create the new graphics and the new things on a much smaller, uh, much smaller scale computer in a much lesser period of time to be able to uh, to match and exceed what you saw in that original movie. There's a 68.71 percent chance you're right. So I look forward to seeing what uh, what adventures Jeff Bridges goes on as he uh, as he goes on the uh, game grid. And I have to put you on the game, grid. Greetings program! A laser dismantles the molecular structure of the object, and molecules remain suspended in the laser beam. Then, when the computer weighs out the model, the molecules fall back into place. And voila! Great. Send me to a while. I told you in my last uh, news podcast that there is a great Disney World scavenger hunt that's going to be coming up soon. Turns out the dates for it are going to be May 12th and 13th. That's a Thursday and a Friday of uh, 2011. And it'll coincide with the uh, celebration of Disney World's 40th anniversary, uh, which is uh, the celebration of which is going to be held on the weekend of May 14th and 15th. So I will definitely be there to be a part of the great Disney World scavenger hunt. It looks like a lot of fun. There's no real details yet. Uh, They've just kind of put it together. It's going to go across all four theme parks. I've been asking around and trying to see if I can find a couple of friends who will go with me and be my team and I might have lined up one or maybe two people. Still not sure how that's going to work out. Uh, A lot of definite maybes because it's kind of far in the future and it happens to be on two weekdays which makes it a little difficult. And people from out of state, they're not sure if they want to make it or come down or whatever. So I want to throw this out to you guys. Is anybody interested in helping to form a team? You know, Dave's Disney View team or whatever you want to call it. We can, we can come up with a new name. I'm not married to it. Uh, we can come up with a name that would work. But is anyone interested in joining a team and being with me on the great Disney World scavenger hunt? If you are, send me an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com and we can talk about it, figure out what the logistics are and so forth. There's no need to get back to me right now. I'm going to be planning for this over the next few weeks. Um, I'm going to be planning for this over the next few months. I don't really have any specific plans at this point other than to go. That's all I really know so far. But as it gets closer, I want to uh, start to think about uh, what it's going to take to put together a team. So if you're interested, do let me know. You know I'm just looking for uh, someone to join the team. If you're thinking about going and you're not sure if you can find anybody, let me know. Maybe we can hook up and uh, you can join my team. The National Transportation Safety Board has uh, released all of the transcripts of everything, all the documents that they created uh, related to the monorail accident that happened last year. Uh, It's kind of a fascinating read. If you're into the nature of the NTSB and you're into the whole monorail and, and that sort of thing, it is kind of an interesting look into the world of the monorail the uh, The read kind of gives you a sense of what the accident how the accident happened, what really happened there, and those types of things. Something I found interesting just as I was reading through it there was a, a there was a short video that appeared on YouTube and uh, I think it was on one of the local TV stations uh, websites where there was two men trying to help get um, the uh, monorail pilot out of the one car. Uh, and uh, they were banging on the windows and saying, hey, buddy, what are you doing? And they were climbing over there. turns out that both of those guys were paramedics who happened to be uh, there at the uh, station when the accident happened, and they ran up and immediately went into their mode of uh, a crisis mode of trying to help somebody. And I just thought that was interesting because I read their statements and what they had to say about the accident and so forth, and it was just kind of fascinating to kind of get a glimpse into it because we only saw the one part. One thing I always wondered about was how the, um, how the – I guess it was the purple train backed into the pink train, and they wound up outside of the transportation and ticket center, um, kind of on the beam that heads back toward the Polynesian. But somehow it wound up back in the transportation and ticket center going the other direction, like toward the contemporary, uh, when they were getting, trying to get the pilots out. But the accident happened you know, on, the, on the one end. And i always tried to figure out how that happened. Where did, you know, where did the accident actually happen? And um, this kind of the summary of events is that it, it actually, the accident happened on the, on the one end, it pushed the train out, and then somehow or other the trains came moving back in, whether, you know, the pilot of the pink one pushed it back in or whether the, uh, you know, how it happened, I, I couldn't tell you exactly. That's part of, the, part of the thing I couldn't interpret out of it. But it was interesting to kind of just read through it and see how little pieces that I had kind of assumed uh, kind of fit together in the whole process. So the NTSB is due to put out its final report in the next little while. It was supposed to come out sometime this month. I haven't heard any more details about when it's going to come out. Um, But I just find the whole thing interesting. I don't mean to dwell on a morbid topic or anything. I just think the fact that it went on for that, the monorail has gone on for that long without any serious accidents or incidents is amazing to me. For the number of people that travel through the Walt Disney World theme park every year and ride on the monorail to have had that Few accidents is just amazing to me, and the fact that, you know, it really took that confluence of a number of events to come together for something to happen really is interesting to me. That's, you know, from the scientific standpoint, it's it's amazing how many little things had to go wrong to reach a point where you had the we had a critical critical accident like this. On to happier topics now. There's going to be a new parade debuting in the Disney's Hollywood Studios in January. Uh, It's going to be the Pixar Pals Countdown to Fun, and it will celebrate everyone's favorite Pixar characters in a high-energy parade that will feature a new, upbeat, quirky, fun, and musical track along with stars from The Incredibles, A Bug's Life, Ratatouille, Monsters, Inc., Up!, and Toy Story, as well as colorful, energetic Pixar Pals dancers. Block Party Bash will have its final performance on uh, Saturday, January 1st, and there will be no show between January 2nd and January 15th, uh, and the new parade will begin on January 15th. If you're interested in uh, seeing more about the uh, Disney World expansion of Fantasyland, uh, they're over at wdwmagic.com. The uh, author has done a really good job of documenting some of the changes that are going on and some of the buildings that are being erected. Uh, He went around, I guess he got a a private pilot to fly him over the site. He took some pictures. He was over at the Contemporary and took some pictures. And then he got somewhere else. I'm not sure where the pictures were from, but he got some other pictures from another location where you can see right down into the, uh, into the area. And it's really kind of neat, you get a good sense of what construction is happening there and what they're doing. So I uh, highly recommend you go over to uh, wdwmagic.com and just check it out, you can see the Fantasyland expansion update link. The Orlando Sentinel reports that uh, travel the travel booking website uh, priceline.com has started selling Walt Disney World hotel rooms uh, starting uh, last month. The rooms will be available through the site's conventional booking engine, not its name-your-own-price service, but uh, they, they will be available. Disney hotel rooms have been available through other travel booking sites, such as Expedia or Travelocity since 2002. But Disney shunned Priceline at least in part because of its concerns that uh, it was making the hotel rooms available through the site would undercut its premium brand image. Disney now faces uh, falling occupancy rates during Disney's fiscal third quarter ending in July 3rd of this year. Uh, Occupancy rates fell 8.8% from a year ago to 83%. And the move also reflects Priceline's growing importance within the online travel industry. So do you have another option for trying to uh, fill the hotel rooms? Seems to me that Disney is going to continue to sell rooms in whatever way is appropriate. They always look for what the market can bear, and they want to fill up as many rooms as they can. So they probably will start to tier their pricing just a little bit more and offer it in different ways, I'm gonna guess, through the internet. So while you would pay the full price for it uh, at any time that you might book it, they may start offering some last minute deals to try and fill the rooms. I don't know if that's true. I have no evidence to support that. It's just my supposition at this point. Also, although Disney is no stranger to the iPhone and iPad applications, it's, uh, release, it released a park-focused iPad app for the very first time on October 15th called the Walt Disney World Magic Vacation Mirror. Disney describes this app as being able to help you plan a Walt Disney World resort. Vacation. This app includes photos, videos, and the 360-degree images of the four Walt Disney World parks, Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach water parks, and the resort hotels the app allows the users to plan and price their vacations, order a planning DVD, and have the Magic Mirror announce their vacation. Shortly after its introduction there were a number of reviews already um, with only a two and a half star rating. So although the screenshots are very appealing, this app provides... <coughs> <Planet's>, uh suggests... <coughs> MousePlanet.com uh, notes that there were a number of uh, reviews immediately after it was launched but they were only in the two and a half star range. Um, And they noted that while the screenshots are very appealing, this app provides little more than what you can already see at the Disney website, and the user review comments note this app does not include park maps, park hours, or details about attractions such as height restrictions. However, given that it's a free app, it might be worth installing on your iPad if it just keeps images of Walt Disney World close by. You can uh, find it on iTunes. Recently, it would have been uh, Walt Disney's 109th birthday. The Walt Disney Company made an announcement fitting of the legacy of the man who found joy by bringing the entertainment to the masses. Disney has passed a major social media milestone as it reached the audience of 100 million fans across its network of Facebook pages. Since August of 2009, more than 200 official, uh, 200 official Disney brand property and character pages have been created and managed by the Walt Disney Company and its in-house social media agency uh, DigiSend, including Disney, Disney Pixar, Toy Story, Alice in Wonderland, Dory and Mickey. These p- pages feature original video content, photo galleries, news, highlights, and links to other Disney-branded uh, pages. Boasting astronomical growth, Disney Facebook pages currently put currently attract more than five million new fans per week. That is just astounding to me, just how many people get involved in that and how many people are interested in, in, just how many people are interested in friending, uh, it's astounding to me just how many people are fans of Disney and how many people would friend it just to be closer to the magic. And actually, if you're listening to this podcast, it's likely that you're doing the same thing. You're just, you just want to stay in touch with the magic, and I can completely understand that. For me, personally, the reason I was doing this podcast, I started doing it, is because I have this, all this Disney knowledge in my head. I have all these things that I'm always interested in. I'm always reading about Disney. I'm always trying to find out more. I want to keep up with the news about Disney. I want to do different things. I want to, I want to stay in touch with the magic, too. And my way of doing it was to just to make sure that I understood what was happening every week, share some stories, share some experiences, read up on the news and be able to share them with you, and be a little interactive with you. So, and that's why I started offering the uh, ability to ask questions, too. I, I want to make sure that I'm being interactive with you guys. You know, I'm a guest just like you are, but I want to be a little bit of a guest guide in some ways and give you a little bit of guidance There are many sites out there, there are many things out there, it's a very broad space what Disney offers and what fans of Disney offer, and I'd just like to be a small part of that. And if some small percentage of the five million new fans per week listen to this podcast, I'm extremely excited about that. I just enjoy doing this and just enjoy being somewhat connected to the magic. That's really all it's about for me. Well, there really wasn't much more in the way of Disney news this week. Uh, Because it's the holidays, most of the news focuses around the holidays and some of the uh, special gatherings and things that they're having out at the Walt Disney World Resort. So I will just end this podcast early and wish you a happy holiday, happy and safe holiday, and happy new year. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye now. Most of the music you're hearing on this podcast is from a friend of the show named Craig Brown. Craig does a number of things in the techno space. You can find Craig's music on myspace.com slash sound a as an apple. And my thanks also to Doug over at geekacres.net for his rendition of a Jack Wagner classic. And now we've reached our destination in the 21st century. Yes, I know it went by so fast, but don't worry because the future is always in front of us. Thanks for riding with us. Please collect your personal belongings and step onto the moving platform. The platform and your car are moving at equal, yet opposite speeds, so watch your head and step. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, or would just like to ask Dave a question about Disney planning or anything else, send him an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. And now, i got to be moving along. A little more time, time to be moving along It's time to be moving along, time to be moving along